0: Episode 174, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 7, Deals with Our Devils. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: It's a magical place.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and this is a show where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the Marvel movies that are produced by Disney. That's the Marvel Netflix shows that we just finished, Jessica Jones. That's the Marvel uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we're talking about in this episode right here, deals with our devils. And sometimes it's comics, sometimes it's other stuff, uh, and sometimes it's just... um, you know, TV movies from the 70s. But for now, we are talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We are back, and this is our return to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after a couple episodes about Jessica Jones. Today, I have joining me uh, Agent Stewart, and he will be talking about the news with me, but he also will be talking about this episode. And then we also have Agent Samantha Payne, and she will be rejoining us again. She is going to be a part of our regular rotation of... Of, of hosts uh and it's like you know on a tv show when you have um you know a guest star and they get in the credits in a certain way and then you have a recurring character who gets the credits in a certain way and then you have regular cast well she's she's part of the regular cast now and we're excited to have her so um, i'm going to go ahead and, and play the sounder for the intelligence report and then uh, well agent stewart and i are going to talk about some news that we haven't had a chance to talk about in the last two weeks shield intelligence report Okay, we're back, and um, we're adding another host here with Stuart coming in to talk about some news. And we had a couple weeks off uh, from news because with Netflix series stuff, we don't usually talk about MCU news and and that. But uh, you've got some news items for me. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start?
0: I want to start with the first thing you'd like to start with. The
1: first thing I'd like to start with. Well, Just in time for Christmas, on your Netflix queue, you'll get to watch Civil War. In case you had not already seen it, you'll get to see it on your Netflix queue. Which, also, I just happened to notice that Netflix now allows you to download some things. So if you have a phone or an iPad and you want to watch stuff outside of your nice comfy Wi-Fi house, yeah, download it. And you can go watch it You know, at Grandma's, who may not have the greatest Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, you know, I wish that we had had that with some of the Netflix stuff. Right um, now. Uh, now that we have it, though, I'm I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to use it. I just know it's going to get used. Um, yes, especially if we visit like family that hasn't given me their, their password for their Wi-Fi.
2: You
1: should probably talk to family who hasn't given your password. You should be like, hey, bro, give me your password.
0: You know, I'm really not going to call them, bro. you shouldn't do that either yeah but anyway um yeah civil war netflix that's cool
1: that's cool yeah one more thing on the netflix it's nice to see that uh netflix is getting um mcu slash disney stuff more and more maybe there's hope a new hope for something
0: yeah come soon don't think that's going to happen anytime soon Because of because of deals that are in place already, but yes, uh, Jungle Book is on there. That's that's kind of MCU related anyway. It's Disney with uh, uh, wasn't that Favreau directing that?
1: I was gonna say it was John Favreau who directed that. Yeah, I need to watch that. I heard that's pretty good. Speaking of John Favreau movies,
0: oh let's uh, let's speak of them. Yeah,
1: look at that. That was a good segue. That was a Doctor Strange has made more money than Iron Man. Uh, not the the movies, not the actual characters. Although you could argue that Stephen Strange's Penthouse was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, I see Dr. what you're Strange, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange uh has grossed more money than um than the uh, Iron Man at the box office, which is really interesting because um it's been kind of uh it's been well reviewed. People have liked it but Iron Man hit with such an a vengeance, that's not a pun, I promise, um, that I was surprised to see that, that um, Doctor Strange... I, I thought Doctor Strange was a little bit more cerebral than Iron Man, and mm-hmm. apparently people um, are going back to see it regardless of that fact. So, um, this is a very interesting thing. It's, it means that the MCU has some good stamina, um, and that it's probably not going to go anywhere anytime
0: soon. I think it's. I think it's a very good sign that you know. I mean, it's not. You know, you say it's more cerebral. It's not two thousand one. You know, which is super right. cerebral, You know, but it, it is. It is absolutely more than just a a superhero romp. I mean, there, there. Right. It is. It is a superhero romp, but it's more than just that, and that's nice. That's nice. Yes. I, I was glad to see this headline, actually. I mean, it's not beating out all of the MCU movies, but it is better than all of the uh, origin single movies.
1: Her- yeah, single hero origin movies. I mean, The Avengers is the highest grossing movie of all time, right? I could
0: be wrong about that. It may have gotten but, dethroned since, but I don't know.
1: Oh, well, it's still, I mean, it's up there. The Avengers is a very good high grossing movie that has all the heroes in it. Um, And I don't think that's going to get beat anytime soon, but it's nice to see that uh, MCU movies are not flopping except for Thor 2. (laughs) Hopefully Thor 3 (laughs) reverses that.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. So moving on into single hero movies, which We don't know if these are going to be single hero movies or not, but apparently Spider-Man has three solo flicks coming. Um, We don't know more than that. We don't know anything about like who it could be, who's going to go up against um, anything like that. We just know that they've got three solo flicks coming.
0: Yeah. um, The the contract that uh, Holland signed was Mm -hmm. a six movie deal. I'm assuming that civil war might've been the first of those six, but uh Spider-Man homecoming is the first of three solo movies that are a part of that. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if the two Avengers movies that are coming after are, are part of that six as well, but you know, I'm not sure how, how many movies Robert Downey Jr. Signed for, but I think he's gone beyond that since then.
1: Yeah. I, and I mean, he could just be free agency at this point, right? Where he's just like, oh, you're going to play Tony Stark again? Yup. Yup, I am.
0: Here's the Um, truck of money. We're going to back up, as Daniel would say. Right.
1: Well, it's a Disney truck, so it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which leads me to the next story. All right. So, Kevin Feige is on record as saying, um, and I'm going to read this quote and then we can talk about it. That way we have some context. Luckily, we don't have to make that decision anytime soon. We'll find out about the decision in just a second. There are a lot of movies that everyone has signed on for, and we get to enjoy them for a long time. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, and right now I can't envision anyone else. Chris Evans has embodied Captain America as well as any actor has ever embodied an iconic pop culture figure like that. I go back to Chris Reeve as Superman as the gold standard, and I think Evans is right there. I, can't, I couldn't imagine anybody else. But you also look to history. We have a new Spider-Man right now who was in our Civil War film and, and is in Spider-Man Homecoming, and the audience has embraced it. And you can look to Sherlock Holmes, James Bond, and Batman as characters that last longer than any one character playing them. There's a precedent for it in other franchises that suggest it's possible, but right now I don't want to think about it, and I don't need to think about it.
0: Yeah, and that was uh, Variety asking the question, would you recast your biggest superheroes with other actors if, say, Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans decided they wanted to move on? Uh, And this is an interview with Variety, and we'll have links for it in the show notes, which will be welcome to level7.com slash deals, because the episode is deals with the devil. So, slash deals. (laughs) Not not great deals, but... (laughs) Uh yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot in there. And the the interview itself has a lot of of interesting stuff as well. Um because that gets into some of the Spider-Man stuff and that's where he talks about X-Men and Fantastic 4 and partnering with with uh Fox like they did with Sony and he says it's an impossibility at this juncture. We have enough yeah. films to keep us busy for a number of lifetimes. It's a good interview, so I I do recommend reading it, but this is the 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 choice cut right here. Where he talks about uh, they could do it, but they don't have to do it. And and they don't. I mean, I don't know if they're going to kill anyone off, but let's face it. You could do an Iron Man movie without without Robbie Downey Jr. I don't know if it would make as much money, but you've got James Rody, You know, y- you can put you can put anyone in the suit. You've got Winter Soldier who became Captain America in the comics. You can do Captain yeah. America movies post Chris Evans. And then you have all these new heroes. Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. Uh, it can happen. It can work. Yeah,
1: I, I think it can work. and But I also like to think that you don't need to make it work because this could open up, say, I mean, certainly not in Phase 2 or ending Phase 2, certainly not in Phase 3 or Phase 4. But if you wanted to do a, a go back in time and do a Captain America in... I guess he really couldn't do that. Never mind. No, because that Cause was he, Chris
0: Evans. Well, but you well, could do but, you could do a young Thor. You could do Thor in the year two thousand. No. Yeah, two thousand BC. Or something sure. like that.
1: But you could do you could do Captain America movies and you could do a period piece in Captain America, because was I'm sure somebody in the comics took up the shield in that, you know, fifty years he was in ice or whatever.
0: They did. Um they did indeed. One of them was Jeffrey Mace. <gasps> In the comics, comics, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: That'll be interesting to see if that plays out on the show that we're going to talk about soon.
0: All right. That's our news. That's our news. Yay, news. So let's uh, play the sounder and let's add one more host. What do you say? Let's do it. Mission Report. Okay. We're back again and this time... Stuart, we've been joined by someone else. We're just adding on host after host for each, each segment this episode. So by the time we get to our post credit, we'll have 18 people here. <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah. So uh, Agent Samantha, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Yay, Agent Samantha.
2: Yay. And I promise I won't be as gloomy this time. I Yeah. <laughs>
0: It wasn't gloomy. It was. It was. Um, it was open. It was honest. It was. Yeah. Okay. There's a little <laughs> bit of gloom, but there was. There was silver linings to the gloom. That yes. but let's that be honest, were, were there? So
1: let's be honest. You were talking about a very dark subject. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah even if we were just purely talking about Jessica Jones that was it's still very dark
0: yeah <laughs> can yeah, i just say so. i feel like i've come out from under a cloud now that we're done with that <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know if it's because of the actual tone of Jessica Jones or if it's because it's finally done and <laughs> so and i actually have both of you to thank for for some of that because <laughs> it it was a it was a pretty tight turnaround that we we had there but yeah we we did Gross. it and now we have another tight turnaround because next week is the winter finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and then it's off for what? Uh, who knows? <laughs> who
1: who yeah, knows? Right.
0: <laughs> so the question is, do we just dive right in and try and get as much Daredevil as we can? Or do we hold off and wait until after Christmas, see what happens? and, and it, Which is probably what's going to end up happening anyway because that's, let's just face it, <laughs> that's that's basically the way we've been doing it. So Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah, it. <laughs> I was watching, and next time on Agents of Shield comes on, and they say winter finale next week, and I just, I actually had Evan in the room with me, and I just, I raised my hands up in the air, and just looked at him, and just said, "What?" And he looked at me <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, well." He wasn't as. He doesn't have to worry about producing a podcast as a thing, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Right. He didn't have that 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 moment where. You know, whatever they do de- determines what we're going to do. So,
1: and, and this time we don't even have like an Agent Carter to go through, right?
0: Right. Because at right.
1: Least, l- least last winter for now when we had that.
0: Well, and the thing is we knew about it too. And so yeah. I haven't had a chance to really look into what what's happening scheduling wise. I don't even know if there's any information because they really – they weren't even telling us air dates for episodes uh, until it was – like, you could look ahead and see the next two episodes, basically. And so that's why when I looked ahead and saw that there was just one more episode, I didn't think anything of a winter finale.
1: They have played the um, what's happening with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. very, very close to the chest. Um, there's I, I can't find anything out there about like necessarily when it's coming back, but they haven't really announced their new their, their spring lineup anyway
0: so yeah i wouldn't say it's a, it's not an agents of shield thing it's it's right. just abc right. isn't really and i don't know if they're playing everything close to the vest so they can you know cancel oh why i can <laughs> agent carter's show the, the lawyer show <laughs> the one where she's not agent carter but she's actually uh, uh an american lawyer in the present day and yeah that's that's not looking good for her i th- believe that's been canceled already
2: yeah, oh, I, um, really? I uh, uh, once in a previous life, I worked as a peon for um, a studio that rented facilities to um, uh, another, sh- a, a drama that was on another network. I, I'm not going to name it, um, but what goes on with scheduling, I mean, Sometimes they play it so close to the chest and my instinct with watching Agents of Shield right now is that I'm not sure they even know what's going on of ABC. So that's why you don't hear anything. It's because probably because they haven't made a final decision on how they're going to do the scheduling for the spring.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's that was my experience too. Yeah, is but that, why oh, can't, we don't even know anything.
0: Why can't they just yeah. think about the podcasters? <laughs> this is true. Who <laughs> Thanks for the podcasters. As a fan, as a
1: fan, Ben, you are entitled to to those questions and you should have them answered.
0: I'm not entitled to questions. I am entitled to answers. (laughs) That's my rant for the day. And and now let's move on, I think.
1: That's a good idea. Let's let's talk about this episode.
0: Deals with our devils. Deals with our devils. What an episode. Yeah. What this an was fantastic. episode. This, well, it walks the line for me. It walked the line between, is this good or is this repetitious? And I'm just going to put it out there right now that it came very close, very, very close for me to say, this this feels a little boring sometimes. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it.
2: You mean how they're playing with the story structure in this episode?
0: Yes. Yes. It it, it comes very close. Well, I mean, we might as well go there right now, just talking about the style. Because every other act, it's basically act one, and then act two, you see act one again. Only Mm -hmm. you see it through the eyes of Coulson, Fitz, and Ghost Rider, who are all out of phase, and who were there, and you just didn't know it. So now you're seeing it with a little bit of extra information, and it comes very close to being just repetitious. The one thing they're able to do is they are able to just throw in just enough different new information that puts, that gives you a different uh, perspective on the scene that you already saw before that it, it does work for me. It's, it's a risky storytelling thing that they're doing. I mean, how many Star Trek episodes have you seen where they do the same time travel thing? And then they, they reset. And now we're going to watch the scene again. And they're going to slightly change what they do. And then, oh, reset. They're going to change it again. It can get very repetitious. And you have to do a very, very good job of feeding people new information. Fortunately, the new information that they feed really pays off. Because when the new information comes, you just, what? That's why Mac was acting like that. Or that's what he was talking about when you overheard half of a conversation. Uh, so it works for me, but it came close to making me just feel like, oh, this is just, it's just filler, boring stuff. Just watching the same thing twice, mm-hmm. only with extra people there commenting on things.
1: And then also it being in sepia tone. I like so that. So watch the first thing regular, <laughs> and then the second thing in sepia tone.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, When you deal with playing with story structure, I found that most shows that can change up their stories telling struct, uh, structure for a specific episode. They're usually the shows that don't take themselves too seriously, and I feel that Agents of Shield takes themselves about ninety-nine percent of the time to be very serious. Um, so it's risky, really risky, uh, changing it up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and but for me, it was risky because I already watched it once, you know, and yeah. now we're yeah. seeing it again. Well, for example, the the scene where May is looking at the book, you know. And you just so then you watch it again, only instead of she's looking at the book, Coulson is there saying things that aren't new. You know, he's saying things that you would expect him to say. Don't. Oh, don't. No, don't do that. You know, and it just that that was one of those moments where it's just, oh, we've already seen this. Do we need to see it again? Only with Coulson there. And for that one, they're trying to think show with his extra scene. uh, I think the reason they went back to that scene to repeat it for us was so we could see him kind of emotionally uh where, where is he at emotionally especially regarding may uh and uh, that one didn't pay off as well for me but a lot of the other payoffs did work for me where i'm like okay i can i can sit through this twice as long as you're going to give me stuff like mac and and what happens why did he take off on his motorcycle so yeah. Those, the, some of those moments you just what the what?
2: Yeah. I especially like I I really liked uh when they showed the second time with um um uh, Daisy in the car and she's talking to the car and then you show it later from Robbie's point of view and you realize oh Robbie is actually the one that's doing all these things to help her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stuart, what did you think of the storytelling here? Did it feel Star Trek to you? <laughs> I, we have to talk about Star Trek because of Daniel, you know.
1: I, <laughs> yes, yes, let's talk about Star Trek. Um, I, I personally really liked it. I didn't, um, I didn't, I guess, dive that far deep into it. Uh, also, when I watch these, I don't have the benefit of watching it with commercials. And so I didn't have any of hmm. those breaks. And I felt it worked really well. Uh, So I was was right there in it, and I I thought it was was really awesome. Um, I'm interested, I guess maybe I didn't dive too far deep into it, and so therefore I didn't uh, analyze it as much, and so therefore maybe I didn't get as much out of it. I don't know, Um, but I really did like the uh, interplay. Plus, I am a sucker for all of those Star Trek episodes where, they uh, you know, show the same thing once, and then they show it again from a different perspective or, or whatever. Um, I'm a sucker for those time travel things. Back to the Future 2, come on. Greatest of the Back to the Future movies.
0: Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the difference is in Back to the Future 2, you're seeing all that stuff again, but you're seeing all that stuff again whilst new stuff is happening in front of you.
1: Right, and I felt I felt that's what was happening. I
0: I just felt like a lot of the new stuff was just them talking. Uh, I, I, and and then well,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, well, <laughs> it's and, a talky talk. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about Act One here. So we've got three situations basically happening. We have Fitz, Coulson, and Robbie. They're gone. Uh, they've disappeared from the installation the, the the place okay you have mac may mm. and the team of shield agents red shirts uh who are trying to take down eli <laughs> who none of them have disappeared because they weren't close enough to the epicenter uh, although eli was in the epicenter and right. is now powered up and is able to create some things out of nothings uh especially well they're all carbon stuff right it's all carbon that he's able to create is that right
2: yeah it's all which... Oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's all star (laughs) stuff, but I've been watching Cosmos lately.
2: (laughs) I was going to say back in the day when I used to do a lot of sketches, he would have been really useful because he could have created (laughs) charcoal. There you go. Drawing utensils for me. Yep. All
0: the time.
1: (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And then
0: you have Simmons, and she's investigating someone who is going through Terra Genesis.
1: That is very interesting considering the the new Inhumans not – Movie, Daniel, the new Inhumans
0: TV show. It's a coming. movie, though. I mean, you can call it not a movie, but it's going to be on IMAX screens, and it's going to be two hours long. <laughs> it's a movie. It's just a. It's a That's, made-for-TV that movie.
1: Technically, a movie, but it's not. But it's not that yeah, movie. Yeah. So whatever that, whatever, however that means. um But that I thought that was really interesting, and I'm glad that they brought back the Inhumans for I, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to tie it all together, but this is a very
0: interesting way to bring back. I'm the very in- curious where they're going with this and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But they keep saying, well, the Inhumans series will not be a spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's that's fine. You can say that, but it's still set in the same world. And the things that are happening in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., unless the Inhumans series is a prequel series. If I mean, if they set it early, you know, maybe it could be set in the 70s or something like that. That actually might be kind of cool. Uh, or even in the late 60s, when we sent, you know, uh, someone to the moon, and they're up there or something, you know.
2: I would I wouldn't want to call it a spinoff. I would call it part of an expansion of the MCU universe because I was listening to another podcast about Star Trek recently, and they were talking about Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and they said that it got to a point where these were not spinoffs of the original series. It was just a continuation and an expansion of what was going on overall in that universe.
0: They want to make sure that they don't tie it too much to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in production materials and pre-release materials. Because people who aren't watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would then say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be lost. I can't watch this because I didn't watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they can say, well, no, those of you who were too cool to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or those of you who thought it was terrible in first season, don't <laughs> worry. It's not a spinoff. It's its own thing. All right. Let's talk about the episode then. Yes. So basically we have this team argument between May, Mac, and Mace think about that for a moment three people on the screen and they're named may mac and mace And they're trying to decide what to do for their friends and the argument with mace is you know i'm director here what i say goes may wants to go rogue and use the dark hold and mac wants to uh has a lead eli and he wants to use his lead and may is totally like yeah you let him use his lead because then he gets out of here and I can use the book kind of thing. And then you have Daisy, Mac, and Gabe who are processing what's going on. Gabe uh, is Robbie's brother. And he's he's feeling just down in the dumps. Uh, basically, nothing that he knew was what he thought he knew. It's all just been a lie. Um, and then <laughs> Mac decides he's going after Eli, punches an agent, <laughs> gets on his motorcycle and rides off the back of the zephyr and then we go to commercial. All right let's talk about Act one. <laughs> That's it right
1: and at this point I go and at, th- and at this point i'm I'm not there with it. I'm like huh I know did I miss something what where, where did why did Mac get all angry and punchy? Um, cause that's not typically his MO he's, he's big and impressive, but he, he his thing is to hold it in right until it needs to be leased unleashed. And then he does it. Doesn't. So, yeah.
0: Well, and that's where, like I said, act two gives us new information that completely explains this, but it's,
2: mm-hmm. it's a
0: nice moment as far as you're not expecting this to happen because this is not the way he, he works and it's, it's messy. It's, it's not cool. I mean, he punches an agent. Uh, I mean, it's totally like flips the guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And
1: That's then he familiar. does something. And then he does something really cool when he drives the motorcycle
0: off, off the ramp before the ramp the, is even the, all the way down the
1: back of the Zephyr. That was yeah. pretty cool.
0: Uh, but right. I, I just got to go into ER land though. My, my negative Nelly land here. Um, the effects there reminded me a little bit of <laughs> jumping onto the bus with an explosion going on in the background that is clearly it's, it's two, two planes of existence, yeah. the green screen well. and the overlaid. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great moment. You know, it's like, I'm not even waiting. And here's the thing. I was in my mind. I wasn't thinking he was ghostwriter, not at all. But I was thinking it was kind of funny that, oh, wait, he's on a motorcycle, just like Ghost Rider would be, you know, because I hadn't I hadn't put the connection together of, yeah, Mac, Max <laughs> yeah. motorcycle guy. And so was the previous, apparently uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, I did not think he was Ghost Rider. I was not predicting that. And I will not claim that I predicted that. Um, but it was a, a link of, oh, motorcycle Ghost Rider.
1: I was thinking of uh, Final Fantasy 7 specifically with, and this is you going really. Deep? I'm sorry, guys. Are, are you going um, deep? The nerd is just dripping out all over this episode. This might be. I mean, the main character drove around on a motorcycle and carried a uh, a an axe that hmm. was a gun. I, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty spot on right there. But I don't think that's, like, they're connected. I think it's just, like, you know, let's have Mac drive a motorcycle yeah, I and mean, he's got
0: his gun axe. If you've so got a shotgun gonna... axe, you're going to take it with you. And yeah. you're going to ride a motorcycle.
2: Now I'm imagining Buffy the Vampire Slayer with a really <laughs> cool axe that she's turned into a gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was that
0: comic book yeah, fray, I think it was what it was called. It was, like, a future slayer. And... Oh, well, I don't know. I yeah. I, I, yeah. I read it's it pre- years yeah. and years and years ago. I read it without even knowing yeah. much about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Honestly, I just saw it at the library and picked it up and and read it. But she had an axe, right? It's a pretty cool looking axe. Yeah,
2: yeah it's it's the same had... one.
0: Yeah, that's the one they uh, that shows up
1: at the end of season seven of Buffy. Oh, so it made it, and... it got screen time then right yeah, huh. it
2: did, and uh it carries on through the comic book series which follows the buffy comic book series which follows the um the tv series
0: okay cool uh let's talk about daisy for a moment or <laughs> quake or whatever whatever we're supposed to call her now sky i'm going to call her sky man i
2: still want to call her sky
0: you know she's not the person i want comforting me uh no i, I just she When she's talking to Gabe and he's trying to figure everything out and I just I hated the line, although they may have been trying to give us a little bit of oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little bit of foreshadowing here uh, toward what's going to happen in the next act. But she says, I know the feeling when someone's gone and I don't have that feeling now, so he must not be gone like that. You hated that line. I thought it was dumb, man. That must be the writers,
1: the writer and you guys, because I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I love that line.
0: So because I don't feel anything about him being not it just. No.
1: Well, I mean, she's lived through this before, right? They've lived through Colson. How many times has Colson died? quote-unquote
0: like a lot
2: because <laughs> oh. i i only remember the one time
1: well i mean there's that there's that one yes we are you know
0: twice if easy. you want to count right now because uh, i i like his yeah, line there um, he's watching the screen i don't like watching myself die
2: well <laughs> well this phasing out into another dimension is that dying or is that just going to another dimension
0: well at this point they're not sure you know Right. Because
2: if you really want to think about it bata- going back to Star Trek, the science between <laughs> you know uh teleportation um it, what that is is it's basically you're killing someone and then reconstructing them somewhere else, yeah. so technically they're dying every time you know they yeah. beam down to a planet, so
0: <laughs> yeah, but if you think too much about that you're you're gonna it's just never ever gonna work for you,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So then she says, "Then she says, besides, he's too stubborn, or something like that, uh, to to let this destroy him." I, I I don't remember the exact line. I didn't quote that exact line here, but he's stubborn. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what you should have said in the first place." It's just, man, he's too stubborn. Don't worry, he's coming back for you, or something like that. But yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm trying not to be Eeyore here uh, too much, <laughs> yeah. but I I feel like I'm kind of down on this episode, but. Uh, yeah. Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Star Trek, you're you're just you're just saying that to make me feel better. <laughs> uh, anything else for this first act, then?
2: Well, we can come back to it, but um, the guy in the ter- Terra Genesis cocoon for months—that is oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, that
1: that is a huge plot thread that I think is, you know, obviously slowly slowly unraveling and. We don't. I don't know that we have enough uh, answers to ask. I mean, we can ask all the questions we want, but I don't think we're going to answer any of them.
2: <laughs> yes, I agree.
0: Well, and that's that's just it. I mean, they're setting this up for maybe for even for the next next se- next half seasons, big bad. But right. I mean, she she comes in. Let's let's just let's just get this done with the the Terra Genesis Right. Thing. Okay. okay. She comes in. Uh, she kicks everyone out of the room because she realizes there is a heartbeat, but it's really beating fast because he's nervous or excited or something like that. And so she takes a lot of authority here and just says, you need to all leave. You brought me here to investigate this. I want everyone to leave and I want the lights down. And then she listens to the guy and then she even touches the, uh, the shell or whatever uh, makes contact with him is trying to get him to feel better. He starts to, the, the shell starts to crack. He's been in there for seven months and this is not a coincidence this is her uh she she didn't just happen to come the day he was going to crack out of it she is a calming influence on him he starts to calm down the shell starts to break and then when he does step out and thank her um they grab her the the people who have brought her in there to investigate him uh the senators people we find out um they grab her, they take her out, they, they push her away. They say, you've, you've done what we need you to do. Thank you very much. And we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know exactly what his relationship is to the senator. Not yet. Although we will find out because I, I don't think they've they let us know the exact relationship uh, from that episode where he showed I thought up before. It was I, her
1: so. I, thought, I thought it was her brother, but I don't know if I'm just inferring that.
0: Okay, well, he's he has some sort of relationship with her. Uh and right. Maybe we do know exactly what it is, but we don't know exactly what's going on with that whole situation. And they Simmons is out of there now and she's she's done her job. They tell her, we want you to find out what's inside. And it's a it's very interesting mystery. Why was he in there for seven months? How he's able to stay in there for seven months, and now Mm -hmm. what does the woman who hates inhumans what is she going to do with him? And yeah, and so Simmons is out, and she she returns back to the base. So yeah, let's let's talk about that, and then we'll get back into the Ghost Rider stuff with Mac and and all them.
1: There was a very the the character beat when Gemma says, "Look, I am top dog here. Your boss called my boss to make me come over here and do this thing." So make me happy, please. (laughs) You know, which if you compare that back to first season, Gemma, who was skittish, but like very like owned her lab. But once she got outside of her comfort zone, not very happy at all. This is an amazing character arc for her. And I'm glad that they have had the time to do that for at least that character. So.
0: But do you see what they did with her? She does this. It's not because she's take charge kind of gal. It's because this is somebody. There's a person in there and she recognizes oh, yeah. that. And and I, I love that she is the take charge kind of gal, but she's take charge not because she wants to lord it over them, but because there is a person who needs her help. And if that person is going to get her help, she needs to do it in a certain way and they need to let her. And so she is going to do what she can do. And and she she pulls the right card and the right card is I have a job to do. Your boss sent. Yeah, your boss sent for me and you have to get out of my way or this will not happen. And it's a great moment. Great moment.
1: She's definitely the, the emotional heart of the show. If you want the audience to cry, you're going to make Gemma. Cry, and if you want the audience to cheer, you're gonna make Gemma do something really awesome.
2: So, yes, yes. Um, but the thing is, I she would not have pulled that card in season one, and I think that's mm-hmm. what you guys were trying to say that she she has changed and evolved.
1: Yes, it's like she's gone through a terra
0: or something.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: And her inhuman power is authority.
2: Authority and brains. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: I also like how they keep
1: bringing Gemma and, F- and uh, fits together, and then uh, tearing them apart, and bringing them <laughs> together, and tearing them apart. It's getting. It's good. I'm. You know. I think that it's rising drama and all that, but it's getting annoying. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm. I'm. I. You know, when it was Friends and Ross and Rachel, yeah, that was hilarious <laughs> then.
0: But Oh, no, it was you not. Know, the
2: th- <laughs> but I don't like it. <laughs> um, I don't like it when other shows start doing that to these love interest characters. I mean, you can have two characters come together and be a stronger unit, uh, both together and apart, you know, but instead of, you know, trying to break them up constantly, and That I find annoying.
1: And to be fair, I don't think that the that this show is um, trying to break up Fitzsimmons. I think literally they are trying
0: to put them on different planes of existence. Well, but the problem, the problem for us right now is that they are off screen. They're together a lot. I mean, they mm-hmm. we don't yes. we just don't get to see it very much. And so that's why it feels like to us. They're just constantly being pulled apart, being pulled apart. It's because the parts of the story that we're seeing are the parts where they're being pulled apart so that mm-hmm. Simmons can do, go to this and Fitz can go to this and Fitz now has a secret that he has to keep from Simmons so that when they come together it's very awkward And but we have to see the whole thing with Ada and Fitz and, and Radcliffe uh, for it to make sense. We don't have to see Fitz and Simmons going shopping for groceries together uh, or ordering from Amazon that. the groceries but <laughs>
1: They've got people to shop for them, yeah, yeah. let's be honest,
0: <laughs> well, if they're living on the base, yeah, you're probably right, but they're they're getting an apartment, you know, or or they were yeah so, <laughs> we'll anyway. see were happens. they just
2: sharing a room or they were sharing, yeah, they and do know that they at least have a room on base together,
0: well, and they were shopping for the apartment, so
2: oh, that's right, yeah,
0: yes, yeah. so well, let's move on to act two then. And okay. we'll, we'll talk about Simmons again, maybe when we come back to her. But in Act 2, we get to see what happened in Act 1 again. Only this time, we're going to see it with other conversations going on that nobody knew about because they were out of phase. Now, our, our main characters here, Coulson and Fitz and Robbie, they see everything that's going on. They hear everything that's going on. They're out of phase, but not enough that they can't observe the world around them. However, they are not observable. So Colson Fitz, and Robbie have to figure out what's going on. Um, the, we start to see all those events happening, uh, but they're unseen. We see um, they, they get to hear Mace's secret that he's working with the senator. We get to see the, just the first realization that they can't be heard as Mac and May come into the room where the experiment happened. And Colson tries talking with them and thinks he's actually part of their conversation. Not at all he's just not part of the conversation um and he walks through may and and actually that I'll give I'll give kudos to that special effect that that had a cool effect to it uh fits panics and you know what's gonna happen and and Robbie's not looking too good and I, I thought he was wounded or something but we'll find out there's there's something else really bad that's going on um, he's he's actually dying and feeling cold and returning to his kind of dead state is what I thought, maybe because he wasn't connected to his demon in this other uh this out of phase existence. But no, the demon is trying to get away from him because it goes into Mac. And that is why Mac did the crazy things that he was doing. That is a like I said, that new information that we're looking for. Mace working with a senator and Fitz finding that out so he can feel even more guilty about leaving Simmons or whatever. Um that's some information that we need to know, and it's great information to see Fitz finally realize. But Ghost Rider going into Mac—that's new information that's really cool. And and then he go, drives off the motorcycle, and that's even better to see him on the motorcycle. And then right after that, Daisy takes the car, and Robbie goes with her, and they drive out of the back, but they don't do a a, a jump; they just drive because the the ramp's all the way down.
2: And I just want to say, I want that charger. <laughs> i really want that charger <laughs>
0: yeah that's not gonna happen for me ever uh oh, I want once once charger. you have five kids <laughs> once you have five kids that kind of a car is just never going to be in your future so yeah
1: i i would want the, i would want the uh the special edition charger where you know it heals itself
2: yes i mean i mean especially with crazy people and traffic and fender benders yeah
0: this is where i'd still rather have lola with the fly with the fly oh, that's the flying true. Capability, so. no um, i
2: want the charger okay <laughs> <laughs> you can have lola i'll have the charger
0: i just want flight man i don't care what car it is i want to fly <laughs> so all right so let's talk about act two then i mean not a lot of new stuff, except for, like I said, that that big revelation, uh, and then some a couple smaller revelations. But you have, uh, yeah. So Fitz finds out that that Mace is working with the senator. That's not great, because that's the senator that hates Inhumans, uh, and that's where Gemma has been sent, is is to to work with her. So this is where they do realize that they're trapped between dimensions and. <laughs> Fitz tries to phone Simmons uh, I, I've got to phone her and let her know that I'm in another that's I'm in another dimension that's not going to work
1: <laughs> so for as much as I just praised Gemma for being you know she woman She-Ra uh, Fitz is not He-Man at this moment he's kind of freaking out a little bit um, and I would have thought this would have been a time for Fitz to step up i.e jump through a portal to another planet and get her back you know so i kind of feel like he's he's freaking out a little bit and i don't know that that's a warranted thing in his character arc at this moment
0: i would have expected more out of him just on the scientific curiosity side yeah uh just let's figure this out what where are we Oh my goodness, we're going mm-hmm. to Star Trek again. But there was that episode of Star Trek where Ensign Roe <laughs> and Geordi LaForge had the same thing happen to them, and they're like out of phase with the rest of their ship. And right, you know, Roe thinks they're dead, and so this is a religious thing for her. But but Geordi's just no, no. Uh, if we're dead, why am I still in my uniform <laughs> on a <laughs> ship? You know, and why am I at work? Basically, if I'm if I'm dead, this is not the afterlife for me because. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And can we not call Fitz and Simmons she- He-Man and She-Ra because He-Man and She-Ra are brother and sister.
0: Oh, and- I apologize. Stuart, she just went deep, man. Deeper than you.
1: <laughs> like, I was just talking about 80s cartoons. You had to go bring in brother and sister, so sorry well, about that.
2: That's a common mistake, but let's not go there, please, because it's a little icky.
0: It's a very icky thing, and I
2: retract my <laughs> statement. Okay.
0: Oh, man. Uh, can we talk about Ghost Rider? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mac is Ghost Rider, and he's riding a motorcycle. Okay. Come okay. on. Mac
2: on the motorcycle. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. 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 I have a question now. Do we think that it is a coincidence, the coincidence that the Ghost Rider, who we saw pull Robbie Reyes from, you know, the car flipping over thing, was riding a motorcycle so that we, we thought that was Johnny blaze or we assumed that was Johnny blaze. Do we think it's a coincidence that he is again riding a motorcycle or do we think there's some sort of time travel thing going on here?
0: Mm, not time travel. No, I think that was a Johnny blaze or the other guy um, who I don't, I'm not familiar with the, the second Ghost ghostwriter. Uh, I think it was Johnny blaze. And that this is just a happy coincidence that he okay. is going into Mac and Mac is motorcycle man, so that's and
1: shotgun axe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a happy coincidence that we're on a motorcycle with a Ghost Rider host. I guess for for lack of a better okay. term.
2: Okay, I think that Ghost Rider, the this the the whatever it is that's possessing these people, just likes really cool vehicles. <laughs>
0: that also, that's
1: probably true too. He
0: talks. He talks later about how Mac has the pain that he needs to really, you know, use, uh, but he also has the cool vehicle. Right. (laughs) Agreed there, Samantha. Agreed.
1: Do do you think Ghost Rider would ever want to drive Lola?
0: I would love to see it. I think.
2: I don't know. Is Phil that dark? Oh, that's right. Because
1: nobody touches Lola. That's right.
2: Right. (laughs) Not even
0: the Spirit of Vengeance. (laughs) Not even the Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, Should we just move on to Act Three here? Or is there more stuff to talk about? Yeah. Act Three, then, we're getting back into. Uh, the real world quote unquote Daisy is chasing down Mac uh, Radcliffe has started working with the boxes those those quantum boxes and may comes to him for help with the dark hold and he takes a look and it is too much for a human mind to bear and then we have uh Simmons we talked about um Mac he he has arrived at the, where the Chinese gang is and he has glowy eyes and he goes, he's, he's just making his way through the gang, uh, back to may and Radcliffe. They argue about the book. Ada suggests that she can read the book because she is not human and it is not too much for her artificial intelligence mind to bear. And then, um, Daisy gets there where the gang is and does a cool move with the car. Uh, and here's Mac talking to someone, explaining himself. And then he goes out and he is full on Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. So that's our act three. With... You know, and we don't see anything <laughs> was... with our with our phased out people because that's for act four. But right. Yeah.
2: Somebody needs to call Valhalla to come and get that book, because I think they're the only ones who can deal with it properly.
0: Well, you know, I don't want to spoil too much with with Doctor Strange, but that book would there's a library, and that book would would fit in nicely in in that library. Oh. And
2: yeah, see, this is yes. where I need to go and see Doctor Strange. Yeah,
0: and I'm I'm wondering if I, I'm I'm wondering if that is one of those tie-ins without actually calling it a tie-in because we get a couple here, but we've been wondering about this with the Darkhold already. Um, is it, is it related to uh the Dr. Strange library or at least those, those books that you would have there. And I don't think so though, honestly, this is an evil book or it's meant to be, I think.
1: I, I think though that it was, it would have been, if it was going to be anywhere in the universe, it would be there in that library Um as an, we're going to hold on to this because we're the good people. We're going to hold on to this so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands sort of idea. Because um, it does fit in with all of that stuff, right? It's a book that's learned. You know, magic is just science we don't understand. Oh, wait, that's the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sorry. I I don't know. I, I feel like this would fit there rather than with Odin. But maybe, you know, I don't know.
0: So at this point, did anyone think it was a good idea for AD to er, for Ada to do this? I mean, I'm cringing. No. I'm sitting next to, uh, I'm sitting next to Evan watching this and Evan says, uh, what's Ultron's wife's name from the comics? And we, <laughs> and we couldn't remember her name, but this is basically like, is, and he finally out of nowhere says, oh yeah, Jocasta. Um, but there's that kind of thing where she gained sentience, uh, because Ultron was looking for a, a bride or something like that. And yeah, I'm thinking to myself, this is, this can't be good. That she is going to read this book that is basically an HP Lovecraft uh, kind of kind of concept where it's too much for the human mind to even bear. You will go insane just reading this book. I mean, you can't get much more Lovecraft than that idea. Uh, But she is a robot. She is a computer. She is not a human. And so. And nothing comes without a cost yeah right yeah at the
1: end of go ahead samantha
2: i was going to say did radcliffe ever see any of the terminator series
0: right (laughs) yeah well i mean mean, uh, (laughs) let's face it i mean he doesn't have to see the terminator movies he can just you know turn on cnn and watch what happened over in europe with ultron i mean right
2: that's (laughs) true yeah or you know read up about um uh, Watson, who was on Jeopardy, and now Watson is diagnosing different types of cancer at the University of North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, see, yeah. that would be a good thing.
2: Yeah, and that's what he's—that's he, what he's hoping. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that he's hoping that it's—it's it's the good thing. He's hoping he's created the good thing. Um, but you don't give the good computer a magic evil book. Evil book, right? Yes. <laughs> So Absolutely. we'll we'll see if this actually is something really bad that's gonna come out of this, but there is some suggestions here in this episode that it may not have been a good thing. So Oh, I mean it is the big
1: eight is the big <laughs> bad for the for the next half season. You know that, right?
0: Or the next season. I mean they, they <laughs> could the hold off season. on it for a little bit and still just hang on to that. She's here to help. She's designed to save just- lives and be the shield. <laughs> Or maybe just right. you
2: know the next episode. I don't know.
0: <laughs> True. I mean, who was expecting? I mean, who was expecting them to come out of this dimension in this episode?
1: Oh, I, I was. I was. Oh, I was
0: totally. I- I'm thinking. Oh, they're gonna. They can stretch us out a couple. Of course, I didn't realize we had just one more episode before the the mid season finale. But uh, I thought they were gonna spend some time there. You know. But they- no, this was fast. Mm-hmm. This was fast.
1: I mean, the longest I think were they even on the the Inhuman Hydra planet for more than like two or three episodes?
0: Yeah, I feel like that they started out the season with Simmons there. Oh yeah, that's I mean right. they spent a lot of time with Simmons there, and then it was rescuing her. So that didn't feel very fast because she was there for a very long time, and then they came in quickly, yes, and were out quickly. But it was the rescue mission, not so much, um, you know, it, it just gave us time with yeah. her to, to be gone and, and that. So, uh, yeah, so act four, uh, Ghost Rider is in the car with Daisy and oh, uh, she's saying, yeah, it's OK. I'm in a magic car that heals itself. And he's like, no, that's when I have the demon in me, buddy. And sorry, he's not in me right now. But uh, he is able to affect the car somewhat.
1: I also liked how he was cringing every time she, you know, scraped it or yeah. dinged it or whatever. Because that's a typical car car guy thing.
0: So then Fitz decides to get active because he realizes that Ada could read the book, and since we already saw Robbie affect the car somewhat, um, he affects Ada. He plants the idea that she could read the book. Uh, he's bitter toward Coulson now, though he has. Worried that um, the the wrong thing is being done here, possibly that Ada is reading the book and this might be a bad thing. Uh, the pages are blank to them, but binary to Ada.
2: <laughs>
0: that so was cool. cool. So cool. Uh, meanwhile, MacRider gets confronted by Ghost Rider <laughs> well, by, by Robbie, and uh, and then the Ghost Rider, the the spirit of vengeance, actually talks to Robbie. And and says, you know, I've been a voice in your head all these years. And um, Rabbi says, you still owe me. You haven't you haven't come up. To, you haven't haven't uh, lived up to the terms of our deal yet. You still owe me vengeance. And basically, you you need to come back to me and leave Mac alone. Because you know he wants to help Mac, and also he wants to finish the vengeance, go after uh, Eli. And then we see. That Ada has created this gateway thing, this interdimensional gateway, and she has on these special gloves and she is finger miming a Dr. Strange magic light symbol in the gateway. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) they have put their faith in a robot that hears ghosts but we see the doctor strange grid thing in the light and then we also see this kind of mirror wall thing that's pulling colson in and that is how we end act 4. Boom done.
2: I it, called it stargate in my notes. Yeah, well, <laughs> stargate or void gate or dimension gate.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely a gate. It's that international thing, but it is definitely harkening back to the the, the way that Doctor Strange and the other magicians in in that movie, the way that they are able to uh, construct their magical spells and stuff.
1: Right. Um, on that note, I mean, it's it, it was it, it was interesting how they used because in Doctor Strange um, it was very magical was very mystical the way they did, mm-hmm. you know, where they conjured this, this, this gate thing. Um, it was interesting how Ada was able to do it with the knowledge from the dark hold using science, you know, cause they mm-hmm. had to construct yeah. the thing. Right. And then she had on those special VR gloves that was making her able to pull, you know, laser beams. I don't, Think any of that technically was right, but <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, it works. Well, that's what um, it looks so like. That, yeah, it's what it looks like anyway. So it was interesting to see how they were able to accomplish the same thing using science rather than magic.
2: Did you guys ever see the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Yeah, I'm wondering if it was during season two there was a character who was a Terminator. During the entire se- se- second season, we kept thinking, "Oh, this is a bad Terminator that wants to come and destroy us all." Shirley Manson, Uh, the character was uh, Catherine Weaver, (laughs) and uh, we thought oh, she's going to destroy us all, but at the end of the season we find out that no, she was trying to protect us all. So I'm wondering if that's going to to be the same thing with Ada. If we're thinking, or the information we have been given so far from the show is telling us that she's going to turn evil when in fact she's Really using this information that she has now to protect us all.
0: That's possible. I mean, if she is a robot and she is programmed, is she really capable of evil? That's true. I mean, true. a robot that is programmed is capable of doing evil things because they've been programmed to do something evil by our standards and by our understanding of morality by someone who has chosen to program them to do that thing. Um, but the question That we'll be asking at the end is, will she have made that leap to sentience beyond programming? Well, by the time we get to act five, the story has worked itself together. And we now have people from the out of phase dimension and people from the in phase dimension uh are are now working together they're running out of time colson's falling back Fitz is holding on to him and trying to pull and help the gate is open they're going through and you know it's going to be okay and it is meanwhile you've got mac who's in a lot of pain i guess um and and robbie is still trying to convince the spirit of vengeance to leave mac and he, and basically, the spirit of vengeance, like, yeah, I know what you're going through, uh Robbie. I've escaped from it before and I'm never going back, which does bring me back to my theory that the like, spirit of vengeance is not an actual um spiritual entity, like an angel or a demon, but actually an interdimensional alien type of thing. But Robbie says, We made a deal and I'm not going anywhere. Help me settle my score and I will settle all of yours. And Ghost Rider leaves Mac. So the name of the episode
1: is "Deals with Our Devils,"
0: mm-hmm. plural on both of them.
1: I only found one deal with the devil. What did I? What, what did I miss? Is, the, is and this was it? Right when when Robbie says, "You know, I will help you. Be I will settle all all of your scores," and it was emphasis on all, meaning like we're just going to do this for the rest of my days. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder where the second one was or the more than
2: one. I'm feeling a uh, uh, malicious force coming from Mace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that could be one. Uh, Also the book. Ada. Yeah. Ada. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think there's something going on with Mac. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Mac's deal with the devil. (laughs) Because I got the impression before when the, the spirit of vengeance came to Robbie. He was going to die and he made a deal to get vengeance. And I'm wondering is uh, when, when the spirit of vengeance went to Mac, we didn't see it happen, but was there a, that moment in time, like we got with, with Robbie where Mac made a deal and, and allowed the spirit of vengeance into him.
2: I think of course. Um, And I, I have a feeling we will, get that backstory in a later time
0: yeah especially with the shot with him in the picture so here's our wrap-up uh colson confronts may about opening the book uh daisy gives her situation rep uh, report about what's going on mac is sitting outside the gate looking at a picture what was written on the picture was that hope that's
1: what I thought. And then 11 something, 16.
2: <laughs> Did I miss that part of the episode? I must have.
0: Well, this is at the very end. It's just that moment where he's sitting at the gate waiting. It was just a brief moment where he's sitting there and he's he's got tears in his eyes and he's holding this piece of uh, it's, a, it's a picture uh, like a school picture kind of thing. Or like maybe cut off one of the pictures that you get out of a photo booth or something. And it says hope on the back. And then that's when Robbie comes through the gate. And we realize that Mac isn't just there to feel sorry for himself. He is there waiting. He knew Robbie was going to come through. And we end our episode, if you don't include the tag, we end our episode with Robbie saying to Mac, want to help me settle my last score? Or did Mac say right. that? Right. I wrote it down, but I didn't write down who said it. I think it was Robbie. Yeah. And then Mac's like, yeah, let's let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. I've got, a, I got an axe shotgun, man you you got a spirit of vengeance. I got an axe shotgun.
1: So so here's an interesting thing about that that I just clicked on. Um, That portal is open all the time. What? Because that always... Well, if Robbie climbed through it and Ada wasn't there, you know, hand-waving it to make it happen, is it open?
0: I don't know. But that's a really cool possibility.
1: Well, you know open portals to other dimensions always end up just peachy. Bunnies yeah. come through, fluffy bunnies, it's always good.
0: I guess we'll just have to have to wait and see, but right. Uh you know, that 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 dimension though, I'm wondering, you, you know the guy from uh well, the 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 whole situation with uh Agent Carter and and that other dimension. Yeah. Is that what he was phasing into? Is that where he oh, was? Oh, I hope
1: so. In my head canon, I think that's what happened. I
0: I don't think that that's too far off from regular canon canon. Yeah. And not just not just head canon, but canon canon. So. Yeah, yeah. And Mac's ready to go, and I I think you're right Samantha. I think we're going to find out exactly what's going on with Mac and what it is about his pain and and what it is that it's it, it feels to me like Eli has somehow done something that affected Mac. And, and it has to do with this hope person. Or something like that.
1: It, so it did say hope. I had a hard time that, catching it when it was because it it went from the camera move, like had it in focus just a couple of frames and I missed it.
0: Well, that's what I thought I saw it saying it, it could have been something else, but I, am pretty sure that's what it said. Uh, I, I 92% sure that that's what it said.
1: So. All right. <laughs> I'll take your 92%. Nice.
2: Now I really want to go back and rewatch that. The, those five seconds of film <laughs> because I had to have looked away when it was on. And I just, I had, I completely missed it.
0: And you know what? I actually had a moment. I can't remember which moment it was where I missed something in act one and I just looked away and, and then Evan goes, Whoa. And I turned around and looked back and I missed it. And I thought, Oh, great. I'm gonna have to go back and watch this on, on Hulu the next day or something. But it actually was something that benefit to this episode. They showed it again. As, as part of that right? too. <laughs> hey, that's what I missed. Cool. Uh, they it's didn't like do that here. Replay. Yeah. So it's we, we like didn't get, replay. we didn't get the replay where, where uh, Robbie walks by Mac in that exact moment and then walks through the gate. But I, I don't know what, what it said. He was looking at a picture though, and he was very upset right. looking at it. And, and so that's, I think, I mean, it's possible that the ghost Rider thing just pulled this pain back out for him and, and maybe it's something he had dealt with before or had packed away uh, emotionally and, and wasn't going to come back to. And and now he, you know, ghost writer coming and, and used his pain, so to speak uh, to, to gain influence over him and, and pull that out of, out of the recesses of his mind. I, I don't know.
1: That it's certainly a way to open up backstory for a character that you kind of thought had, had enough backstory because wasn't there the thing With his brother yeah and, yeah they dealt and, with
0: a lot of his Backstory
1: yeah so I mean This is just another element to backstory I hope I hope he doesn't Become this Part of the Thing that I like about Mac is that He is really this Stand-up guy right He's he's company man for a long Time he started as a mechanic he worked His way into being an agent he has This in infallible sense of right and wrong. We're not going to touch that thing. (laughs) We're going to keep that thing under lock and key. Um, So I I worry about like, Oh, Oh, he's a layer guy. He's got lots of layers. I mean, I don't know. I get layers bring drama. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know
0: that Mac is the guy that have those. Well, I, if he has layers, I want them to be good layers, you know, Uh, he's a good guy. He, I, I like him. He, you know, if you're going to judge a character by, is he someone you'd want to, you know, sit at a table and, and have a conversation over, um, popcorn and brownies. I don't know why I just went with popcorn and brownies, but popcorn and brownies, you know, Um, he's the guy I'd share brownies with, you know what I'm saying?
1: I I hope, I hope you mean brownies as in brownies and not how, uh, someone keeps wanting to have coffee
0: no no that's i i mean spoiler. like i'm I'm literally just thinking to myself you know i i like popcorn and brownies and that's why it popped into my mind so all right
1: popcorn and brownies it is
0: yeah yeah really really dumb combination and maybe i should edit that out and make me look look <laughs> better but probably won't no, leave it
2: leave it leave it, leave it. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, okay, so shall we move on to the tag scene? Yes. The tag scene is pretty simple. Um, Radcliffe is singing to himself, and I'm not going to do like I did with uh, Patsy uh, earlier. (laughs) Thank you. uh, But he's singing a song about how he saved the day, and it's fun, it's cheesy, and it's exactly what you would expect Radcliffe to do. With his time Mm -hmm. as he's alone in this really nice place, but he's basically on house arrest. But then the camera pans through the house as he is singing the song, writing the song, trying to figure out the right rhymes to do. And we see Ada with her gloves designing not a magical gateway to another dimension, but designing a brain. Now, the question is, what is the brain that she's creating? Is this a magical AI? is or a magical um enhancement to her own artificial intelligence is this her giving herself sentience is this her creating someone else for her to be with you know another another ai i mean there's there's all sorts of things that this could be none of them for drama's sake are going to be necessarily good
1: I think the only way Ada having all of the dark hold information inside of her ends good is if she's like, good night, and shuts herself down. <laughs> like, just willingly <laughs> says, I'm going to go to sleep. And that's the end of the story. And then wakes up and like makes coffee or whatever. And then like says, I'm going to go back to sleep. Anytime she does anything outside of like those things, it's all, it's going to be bad. <laughs> Designing brains, bad
0: and i'm sure it'll start out fine and and be just oh, yeah. fine at first but um very interesting i mean clearly this is coming out of the dark hold this is something that she is doing that she's either applying a concept from the dark hold actually she's creating something that she saw in the dark hold or she is taking her own knowledge and applying dark hold um information to what she already has as far as her own knowledge of her her own systems maybe but there's i mean there's all sorts of things this could be but are we all in agreement that probably the end result is going to be a net negative
1: yeah (laughs) i I, I think i think radcliffe needs to run some norton antivirus on that (laughs) one
0: right there and not edward norton bruce banner (laughs) no but no yeah
2: (laughs) well i was also thinking uh um, my sister in law is pregnant. I was thinking of sending the name Ada to her as a suggestion for her baby, <laughs> and now I'm starting to rethink that idea.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's wait this out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think I think that's it. I think we'll wrap it up. Um, do you have any final thoughts about this episode before we move into um, uh, listener feedback thing?
1: <laughs> I. I liked the episode. I thought it was good. Um, I'm just happy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back on for two weeks. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I'm just really curious as to what's going on now with Ada. All
0: right. And me too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll play the sounder and we will move on to our listener feedback.
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. Field Report.
0: Okay, we're back. <laughs> Did you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I, we just have a couple pieces of of feedback that I'm going to to read this episode and the one is that we do have someone we need to thank for uh an iTunes review. It's a five star a five star review uh from Ted Tanium, I think is what it is. It's actually a Canadian review. That's nice. Thank you very much for reviewing us on iTunes Canada. And um yeah, the, the review goes this. Uh, I'm only on season two, but so far, so great. Ben is a, and you can insert your phrase here, Daniel, most of the time though. So <laughs> yeah. so we do want to say thank you. And boy, if you're only on season two, you do have a number of episodes to go. Hopefully you make it to this episode and get to hear your feedback. But uh, thank you very much for leaving that review for us. We really, really appreciate it. Speaking of, uh, we now have, uh, this is, this is also really old. Uh, subject line for this is welcome to level seven episode 49 agents of shield season one, episode 21 ragtag. So this is going way back. Uh, this is from agent leaf girl and who is clearly a Joss Whedon fan because her, uh, her, uh, email, sig uh, signature line I guess is a quote from Firefly it's Zoe saying so if she can drive the ship why'd she take the shuttle and Wash saying maybe she likes shuttles and, and Wash <laughs> and then Wash says some people juggle geese so I'm not <laughs> sure I don't remember that exchange but it feels right so
2: it was an aerial because yes. they were talking about rubbing soup in people's hair and I think she had slashed Jane in a, that episode okay yes
0: well, I need to rewatch that. I, I've been. Uh, my intern <laughs> loves that show, and and I really want to be able to talk more intelligently about it. Um. Okay. So here's the actual message. Hi guys, I hadn't planned on emailing you so soon, but after what I just listened to, I can't help myself. I found your podcast about a year and a half ago, around the end of season two. Being the OCD person that I am, I had to rewatch everything again and listen to you guys after each episode before I could move on. Unfortunately, it did not happen as quick. Uh, as i would have liked and i am just getting around to finishing season one you can't imagine how difficult it was listening to your predictions when i knew the truth but funny when some of your predictions were true i'm listening to episode 49 in which you are talking about the second to last episode of season one ragtag and about fifty minutes in you are talking about how you want to see reina in the second season how you are pretty sure she's going to be a thorn in the side i couldn't help laughing Mm a thorn in the side i couldn't help laughing as i'm sure you know the reason because of her transformation halfway through season two you may even realize the prediction yourself i will have to listen when i get there i love that you guys have the comic book background that can give you different perspectives because unfortunately i'm not an avid comic book reader and only know the mcu movies as well as reading some things on various wiki pages i just saw dr strange and i'm going to try my hardest to catch up quickly thanks again agent leaf girl and agent leaf girl we want you to catch up because again, you're not going to hear our response to this (laughs) until you do. But um, I I do want to thank you for sending this message. And I do not remember uh, coming back to the thorn in the side idea. Uh, Maybe we did. I don't know. I'm pretty sure we didn't though. Um, What a happy coincidence though, that that we did say that. So that is kind of cool. So thank you for for contacting us about that. So next we have a subject line, ahoy from the past from agent Steve. And he says, hi guys, a huge thank you for producing a great podcast and apologies in advance. if This message doesn't make it at all. Make it all. Does it all make, sorry, a huge thank you for producing a great podcast and apologies in advance. If this message doesn't all make it, I'm sending this into the future. So parts of the email may get lost. Let me explain. I'm a huge MCU fan based in the UK and I've only just discovered your podcast whilst looking for some new listening material to tide me over until the new year, which is when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season four arrives in the UK. I decided that rather than my now traditional rewatch of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the new season lands, I would instead hammer through all MCU films and shows before the new series lands. (laughs) As if by magic, your show came to my attention and I'm now working through each MCU property in line with your back catalog. There's just a theme going on here. I've just finished uh, 084 from season one. So I have a long way to go, but I'm expecting to catch up over the next few months. And if the schedule is the same as last year, I should be in line with you guys briefly for, for the finale of agents of shield season four next spring. Then we go back out of sync as you and the U S start agents of shield in September. Again, just wanted to touch base and let you know that I'm loving the show and seeing some of the early theories is hilarious. Particularly the, the early days agent Carter love before the ABC show was announced. Makes me chuckle to myself. Please give me a mention in your next show, in your timeline. I will be a long way from hearing it, but it will be great to have something to look forward to without breaking the space-time continuum. See you in the future, agents. Best wishes, Steve. So basically, we just got a message from past Steve. This is, we did. Uh,
1: oh,
0: wow. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> of course... By the time he gets to this message, he'll know exactly what that means. Although at this point in in time for him, he won't know what it means because he hasn't gotten to our Netflix coverage. But crazy. I did not read these emails before uh, doing this. It is wild that these three (laughs) feedback things are all along that theme. Wow.
2: Well, salutations to all our past and future listeners. Yes, yes. Yay.
0: Greetings from the future, and hello to the future. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. Uh, next, we're back in we're back in phase with the regular timeline. So, this is from Agent Dylan. Deals with our devils live reactions. Agents, I thought I'd try something different and give you my live reactions. <clears throat> Oh no, (laughs) Daniel! You're gonna love this. Okay, 25 minutes after second act, this is the TNG episode "The Next Phase." This is actually related to theory I have about Trip Lives. Also, Max a ghostwriter now, huh? And then he gives a link to the Memory Alpha wiki, which is the Star Trek wiki about the Next Phase episode, which I believe is the one that I referred to, and I clicked on it. Yes, it's Ineson Rowe and Jordy Laforge. (laughs) Hey, Dylan. On the same page. All right. Forty-one minutes in. Ada hears fits. Ah, so technology can hear them. Fascinating. Also, it seems like this is how the episode's going to be. Interesting way to only write half an episode. Middles are hard to write. <laughs> uh four to three minutes in. Ada's reading the book. Totally called her reading it in binary. Nice job. Forty-seven minutes in, Colson getting sucked into the mirror dimension. Well, that's new. Also pretty light show. So the spirit of vengeance vengeance just up and left Robbie because screw him. Okay. 56 minutes in after Robbie's return. Hope 2006. Hmm. Something makes me doubt this involves. uh, That's part of the spoiler. That is the joke that you have not heard yet if you're listening right now. But if you have watched Jessica Jones, it will be after the credits in our post credit sequence. And you will laugh. Anyway, he made the same connection that I just made, but also edited out. So, Dylan, we are on the same page. Uh, Post credits. Ada's making a brain. Let's not jump to conclusions now. It could be for benevolent reasons. Agent Dylan signing off. And all I have to say to that is I am jumping to conclusions. No conclusions are behind me. Conclusions are right in front of me where I am jumping to. I do not think benevolence is going to come out of this. Maybe it is for benevolent reasons, but malevolent results are going to come out of this.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it then. Uh, Again, I, I'm, I hope I've given you enough warning. I don't, I don't think I have. Um, But do you guys have any final words (laughs) before we, we wrap this episode up and, and put this one back in the books.
2: Yeah, um, since there's a, a, a mirror universe, I wonder how Phil Coulson looks with the goatee.
0: I <gasps> we went all Star Trek up in this thing. <laughs> we were
1: all Star Trek up with this thing.
0: Yes. Oh man, yes, it's not a bad I... thing to some people.
1: No, <laughs> no, Daniel wouldn't like it. Though. No, Daniel would no. say that it's um, it's. It's something kind of hot, kind of messy. He would say that.
0: Oh,
2: well, that's just too bad. He had to be here if you he wanted to stop us.
0: That's true. Shush. You're developing a catchphrase. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: the catchphrase is Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I just want to say uh, for my uh, final, final thought here, Uh, definitely thank you everyone for listening and uh, thank you Samantha and Stuart for joining me and making this fun and um, everyone else who's listening right there. uh, There's a reason why we do this on audio and there's a reason why when we do the Skype call, we do not do the video portion of the Skype call. And that's because whenever I do a Skype call and I'm looking at it and I see people in video, I just can't help asking myself, mx and once again thanks for listening morning, the following post-credit sequence features spoilers for Jessica Jones' Season 1 episode, a.k.a. 1,000 Cuts. If you have not seen this episode, you do not want to listen to this post-credit sequence. But if you have seen this episode, it is a mildly funny joke that you just may chuckle at that we felt was at least good enough to preserve in post-credit form. Uh, Colson confronts May about opening the book. Uh... Daisy gives her situation rep, uh, report about what's going on. Mac is sitting outside the gate looking at a picture. What was written on the picture was that hope. That's what I thought and then 11 something 16. And and so I'm wondering if maybe uh he's feeling sad because he knew this athlete who had gone to New York City and had killed her parents there and then stabbed herself in the throat with a stem of a Wine glass. Is, huh. is that what he's... Oh, maybe. Did I just spoil... Maybe we should not make that Did joke.
2: I just... <laughs> Did I miss oh. that part of the episode? I must have.
0: Well, this is at the very end. It's just that moment where he's sitting at the gate waiting. Um, and uh, we're going to have to put a spoiler warning on this. And I'm going to put move this <laughs> to the uh, post-credits. Because it's a good joke. But then I realize it's a, <laughs> it's a spoiler. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what you it was just a brief moment where he's sitting there and he's, he's got tears in his eyes. He's holding this piece.